listeners, welcome to the Adventure Seed Podcast, a random roller podcast where every show is different. I'm Whitney. And I'm Heather. Out of 20 possibilities, we rolled for a single issue comic for today's adventure. We each picked out a surprise issue for the other. We also rolled for drinks. Heather's having an herbal tea. Technically, she already had it and... It didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm having a nice, supposed to be Riesling, but red, red wine because... I failed and forgot to get Riesling, but that's okay. So stick around and see what chaos we come up with today. (laughs) I'm lame. Okay. So. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> we tried to pick books that, that we felt were not up each other's alley at all. Uh-uh. Um, uh-huh. That we weren't even sure if the other person would or wouldn't like, but that we wanted to share with them. And we completely picked out different books. I mean, like, I knew we would. I, I knew that we were completely different. Mm-hmm. But it's very interesting that it still felt like there was a weird tying together loose theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are A, that good of friends, B, that good of podcasting friends <laughs> podcasting co-hosts co-hosts yeah. pod, pod hosts pod partners pod, yeah pod partner P- podner podners <laughs> hey podner okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um you got to read uh not all robots and i got to read save yourself exclamation point yes i feel like the exclamation point is important it's super important i included it in the show notes of our things and actually this time like i link different things depending on what i think is important about the material that Mm -hmm. we've read and so on this one i thought it was really important to see what the studios said about their comics themselves so Mm -hmm. i actually linked those this time i um i haven't read what you've what you've linked about the studio but i really like what the author said about not all robots um, the creators. Absolutely. Um, of course, we've talked in the past in our episodes about how at the end of single issue comics, sometimes you get extra extra tidbit goodies. Mm-hmm. And um, not all robots did not disappoint at all. I didn't read the extra goodies because I I read it really quick to hand it off to you no. so that I could, I could also have a cohesive conversation with you. But I totally failed and didn't read the extra. Well, one extra goodie I found at the back is that the second issue comes out tomorrow so that's exciting i'm excited so so you'll probably get it the day that this drops drops, the new the second issue what i really liked and it was completely unintentional on both our parts yet again but also solidifies though um we each picked limited run series yes you picked a four-parter and i picked a five-parter yep so i thought that was really interesting and it, it was not I mean, it was, it is actually a coincidence, but I think the universe said something. Well, and I think we both have an appreciation for things that come to an end. Like, yes, because it's like series that go on forever and ever and ever. It's nice to have that to fall back to, to read. But at some point you're like, all right, let's wrap this up. Yeah. New drink. I need something different. Yeah. So I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm really kind of glad to see the, both of these series. Mm-hmm. Yours, the Boombox, Boom Studios has this new 
thing, this new sub-label. Yes. Is that what you would consider that? Mm-hmm. Uh, called Boom Box. And it it's really kind of interesting. It looks like it's all, one person described mm-hmm. it as touchy-feely. Uh, so like the touchy feely part of comics. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really fun way to describe it. Cause it's got lumberjanes, yeah. which I know we both like lumberjanes mm-hmm. and isn't lumberjanes come out on Netflix. I think so. I think it's been optioned. Yeah. So that's really exciting, mm-hmm. but I liked, I had never heard of Boombox until you picked this out. And told me about it. I didn't realize that it was part of Boom Studios until I really got into this series. Um, and where I helped my husband with one of their podcast shows, um, they've been doing a lot of like categorizing and cataloging of their books to kind of track trends in their reading habits. Oh, that's cool. And so I had like, I was like, Boom Box? What is that? Like, what is that? Which podcast? Um, Just a little plug. The Printed Panel. <laughs> um, I wish that they would sing it like that every time, but I they know, won't do no. it. Um, but yeah, so, um, I realized when I was having to help my husband categorize his, his reading material, that Boombox was a subsidiary label of Boom Studios. Yeah. It's really cool. It says they've got a little blurb that says what links many of the comics published by Boombox is that they all tell personal stories with a sprinkle of glee. Mm -hmm. I liked that. I thought that was kind of fun. I definitely feel like everyone needs a little sprinkle of glee in their lives. Well, did you read Save Yourself? Oh, yeah. Okay. Talk about glee. Mm-hmm. So I was giddy the moment Tall, Dark, and Handsome showed up. <laughs> yes. Like, absolutely giddy. Just as giddy as our main character seemed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, she had cute little heart eyes. And I love that Tall, Dark, and Handsome wasn't that cutie little boy that ran by second. It was mm-hmm. another ladybird. Yes. So cute. For those of you who are not familiar with Save Yourself, it is super pro-LGBT. And I really like that typical tropes applied to cishet romance stories are now applied to LGBT. But I also love that this book is not a straight LGBT romance. They're like, that is a, a bare minimum subplot. Like she has this mild infatuation with tall, dark and handsome. She had a quick moment, just like any of us would in real when you life. See somebody that you can appreciate yeah, with your eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, the, and then that was over with. Yep. And then she, it was on to like, okay, adventure. Here yep. we are. And, and I, real life and, and hard stuff. Cause the main character is also dealing with the, the death of someone they care about. Yes. Um, and it's, well, all... I mean, right now, I mean, that's my assumption. Right. Like, cause I've only read one. This just came out in June. Mm-hmm. How, how many are there? Three are out. Okay. Um, I've read one and two. Okay. I haven't read three. Three's at the top of my stack right now. Okay. And four comes out later this month. And then the series so is So in over. September. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really cool because it wasn't at all what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. You described, um, Sailor Moon-ish. Yeah, the way that Gone Boom, bad. the way that Boom <laughs> Studios pitched it on their social media was, "What if Sailor Moon was bad?" And I love Sailor Moon, absolutely, and I, do. I love Good Girls Gone Bad. <laughs> so um, I, I was all about it. And I, the first time I opened it, I'm like, "This isn't Sailor Moon at all. What is this?" But like, I was hooked. I love the main character. By the time so you much. get to the end, not even to the end of this issue, I would say when you get about ten pages in, mm-hmm. you're like, "Okay, this is interesting." There's a lot of really good dynamics in the ca- the coffee shop, mm-hmm. which reminds me so much of 
the press south south press oh, yeah yeah like that's that is exactly like if you look at the decorations mm -hmm. it's so warm and friendly and cozy and inviting and everyone's included mm -hmm. and it was just really neat and so there's a lot of great dynamic and conversation happening there and all of a sudden in comes like powerpuff girl monster yep. in comes this crazy battle yep and I love that the title of this book and the emphasis behind this book is save yourself because you can't count on the superhero-esque people to save you. No, because we, I don't want to spoil anything, but we see some stuff. Sailor Moon gone bad for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, she done did it. Well, and, and as, as the, I just watched you shudder as an English teacher. Well, I know. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Well, and as, as we're learning, like, some of the, the exterior stuff that main character is going through, um, like, they have to find themselves and save themselves in their real life, too. Like, in this country, we have the pull yourself up by your bootstrap metaphor that, that can be so harmful. But, like, at the end of the day, when it really comes down to it, sometimes you're all you have. Yes, and but to be fair to to the book itself mm -hmm. and i i don't i'm not sure where it's going quite yet but it keeps saying save yourself mm -hmm. and that's the driving force behind it but they've saved each other they have twice one each you know so i i find that kind of and main cool that they're having to lean on each other main character has a good support network within the coffee shop too mm -hmm. and she's you see that she's isolated herself like mm -hmm. she's chosen some isolation at the beginning and we're gonna watch I'm really excited to watch her travel through like coming out of isolation mm -hmm. and that cocoon of like healing goop mm -hmm. that she is right now and going into something more. Yeah. But I think, I think that choosing, choosing to open up your cocoon is the part where you have to save yourself. And once you do like your whole butterfly flame is there waiting for you. That's true. It's oh, mm -hmm. I love it. It makes me so happy. And I can't wait to see what that silly little geode shaped thing is going to be. Like, is it a hotel key? What the heck is that? And she says, I mean, I thought it was like a hotel. Like it, it looks like a dragon con key. <laughs> <laughs> so I know art is super important to you. What did you think of the art style and the coloring in this piece? I was worried when I saw the cover because we actually have the secondary cover, the B cover, which is the magical girl cover. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's super pale. Like it's gray and white tone with a very pale mustard and a very pale, like Kelly green. That's like had mm -hmm. a lot of its depth taken out of it. And I was like, Ooh, I mean, it's pretty, it's mm -hmm. very pretty, but I was like, I am not going to like this at all. I'm excited. I am excited to read something new, but I'm not going to like it. But the second I opened the cover and I saw that glorious eight bit, I was like, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> and the eight bits only for the first couple of pages while she's gaming mm -hmm. or yeah, just first couple of pages. And it's quickly, it's quickly taken on by something that's so fun and rich and vivid. Mm -hmm. I love the technique that the person who did the panelings, like that was fantastic. And I think they are Kelly and Nicole Matthews. Mm -hmm. They did a fantastic the job. The panelings actually remind me a lot of an old manga um, called Paradise Kiss. Yes. Um, where they blend a lot of realism and, and fantasy um, and I, I really loved the panel style of this book because, yes, this is an American comic, but it is so obviously heavily influenced by the Japanese manga style. I was going to say, there's actually one part, like, uh, this is, 
mm-hmm. Japanese. I just yeah. don't know what it says. And I'm not going to spoil it for you. You have to find it. Find the Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. I loved, I loved the monsters. I'm so excited to see more of the monsters. Oh, you do. I don't want to spoil anything from, from. Book would two. you say that this is um, an every eight or all age, or would you say that this is probably more like teen, teen rating enough? I would say that if you have a mature all ages reader that's under teen, who understands that there are people from different walks of life that present themselves differently, and that all of that is okay, this is a solid all ages book. Um, I, I think that myself as, as a six, seven or eight year old would have been able to read this and enjoyed it. And I might not have understood all of the nuances, but that wouldn't have mattered. Right. Um, Cause it's if, a good base story too. Mm-hmm. When you look at all the background, you understand you have the experience, like you're saying the nuance, mm-hmm. you, there's more to the, there's more depth to this, yeah. but you're right. Like someone that is younger could read this. They could totally read this. I just didn't know if there were anything weird later. I haven't. And, and no, there's nothing like, there's no heavy language or, like or I didn't sexual see any cussing. No, I haven't seen any like nude bodies yet. Um, so I think this is something that that could very easily be read by anyone of any age. But the level to which they would appreciate it and understanding will change as they mature. Excellent. Well, I want to transition to not all robots for a quick second, and I do want to highlight that it is it is clearly says mature on the front, mm-hmm. and the themes are very mature. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. Um, we, we're not, like, it's not necessarily a nudie, yeah. sexy type thing at all. It is mature in the sense of this is dark. Mm-hmm. This, this is, is when, I, <laughs> when I describe books like this to my students, um, because we're in the age of trigger warnings, and I have to tell my students ahead of time what they are encountering. This, Which is a good thing. Yes, absolutely. Um, in fact, just this past week, we were going to read Harrison Bergeron by Vonnegut. And it's dystopian. It's dark. Like there's murder at the end. It's only like five pages long, but like it goes there fast. Um, and so I told the students, I'm like, just so you all know, there's there's gun violence at the end of this. And because we had a gun violence situation at a local school last year, I was like, if y'all aren't ready for that this year. Well, oh yeah, you're right. January. I say, I say last year because it was last school yeah. year. Yeah. Oh yeah. My yeah, brain yeah. works on August to May calendar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was in it was January. This year. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's fresh for a lot of our kids, and we've had a lot of kids transferring from that school. Um, and so I, um, I told them, I'm like, if this is not something you are ready to confront, like, please don't. Like, here's your alternate reading. I gave them lamb to the slaughter because it's still murder, but with a leg of lamb instead. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we could still talk about the same themes. You're right. Um. How, but, how, how many do you think chose the alternate reading? Uh, I had about 40% of my class choose the alternate reading. I think that that is very, I think that that, that deserves a moment of conversation if mm-hmm. you want to give it to it. Absolutely. Just real quick. Uh, like, I, I think that that is scary. And you as a teacher have a better mm-hmm. frame of reference to point that out. Well, and I, I even had several students message me because at the very beginning of the semester, I gave my students an information sheet and they were able to tell me their preferred pronouns and their preferred names. If, if they didn't want to accidentally have their dead name, name called, I didn't even call roll in class until I had everyone's preferred information, but on there, it was a place for them to list their trigger warnings. And, um, 
And so I had a lot of students submit things on there, but I had several students when I told them, like, you're about to read a gun violence story. If gun violence was on your trigger warning list, please pick the alternate text unless you think you can handle it. I told them what page it was on. I told them the paragraph it was in if they just wanted to skip that paragraph so they could approach it however they felt their mental health could best handle. Um, but I had several students message me after class and they were like, hey, I didn't put it on my trigger warning list, but this event happened in the last month of school for me. Is it okay if I pick the alternate text? And I'm like, yes, like take care of you. Um, so I think it's also important to acknowledge that like trigger warnings can change for people very suddenly based on what's happening in their lives. And so this book is very mature. Mm -hmm. um, not all robots. It's very much dystopian violence um, on par with like the Terminator movies. Yes. Terminator is a perfect example. Um, and so um I think, again, a mature younger reader could probably handle this. Um, like, I remember watching The Terminator when I was six years old and being absolutely terrified of our computer for a good week and a half. Um, <laughs> but then I remembered that it was slow and clunky and could barely connect to the internet sometimes. And I realized it was not going to take over our household. Um, but these are not slow nor clunky. And no, in fact, I mean, we've, like, it's it's not that far in the future. We're looking at 35 yeah. years in the future. Maybe. It's 2056. Yeah. So it's, we've created this AI system, all these androids and robots, and they've taken over the entire populist workforce. Mm -hmm. So humans, uh, humans are living, are sub subsisting mm -hmm. off of the work and labor of their robot units. Mm -hmm. And they are sending them off and they're earning the money and providing for them. And we get to see a family, a little nuclear family mm -hmm. that reminds me very much of Rick and Morty. Yes. Which is supposed to be a spin off of, I just recently learned this. It's, it's a riff off of, um, who is the Back to the Future people? Oh, Futurama? No, the oh, oh, uh, crazy oh. Christopher Lloyd. Oh. Back to the Future. Marty and um, Doc, Doc McFly? No, Marty McFly. Marty McFly. <laughs> Uh, what is his name? We're, we people are groaning and screaming they at are. us right now, and I think that we just—I just like—I didn't do you, see, get to see. Do you want me to really? Movies. Do you want me to really make our listeners groan? No, and please scream? don't do that. <laughs> uh, we don't want to lose them. I saw Back to the Future for the first time less than ten years ago. Me too. And that's why I we have, don't know who this doctor is. I have never seen any of the sequels. Doctor Emmett. Oh, Doctor okay. Emmett Bra Brown. Brown? Yeah, Doc Brown. Oh, oh. sorry, y'all. Okay, so <laughs> Doc Brown and Marty McFly oh, are that makes so much sense. Rick, Rick and Morty, Morty now, because Morty and Marty sounds so much the same. Uh huh. It's pretty pretty intense, actually. Yeah. And this little nuclear family is—he's totally Jerry Smith, the dad. Oh yeah, to completely Jerry Smith, and it is <sighs> ridiculous. So. It's very heartbreaking, it too, is. in a weird way. I feel bad for the robot and their family. Okay, so I know you're saying this, and I just want to read this interview quote that came from the writer. So Mark Russell is actually the writer of this book, and it's a five, like it's a five-part series. Mm -hmm. And he said that the inspiration from this book came from the not all men crowd this super toxic masculinity mm -hmm. crap that went on not too long ago and keeps cropping up mm -hmm. and so like every time that now like i post something on my personal page it's very awkward because i have to say i have to start with saying i know not all men but mm -hmm. we are talking about a very specific group and i really don't like that i 
I've catered and started doing that, but I don't know how else to do it because otherwise it gets attacked and everything gets bombarded. Right. Well, on Facebook now has algorithms that will like automatically take things down if you're making sure the wrong language or the wrong they language. don't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's convenient that it's always like, it's like the pink tax. Yes. Um, well, and at the back of this book, I, I'd already mentioned there was the little letter from the creators and there's a paragraph, um, where he's talking about how he wanted to create this, this futuristic world that's not that futuristic. And it's based off of the Not All Men movement and the, the Me Too movement. Um, but he says, um, not all robots is a trap. Yes, all robots. That's what it should be called. Because man, I have never seen. And then he, I don't want to give anything away. But um, I feel bad for the robot in this issue one. Because like. He's kind of down on himself and but he's been being violent he's been that's being violent. why like he comes he comes home and it's it's very reminiscent of an abusive partner mm -hmm. um and like the dad and it, that was really kind of triggering for, for me well the dad the dad kept trying to reach out for to him like hey how was your day at work and the robot's like don't talk to me leave me alone and he goes into his room his um, garage and tinkers garage. around yeah but um but like then the robots at work and he's like, man, I just, I wish I could connect better with my humans. And, and part of me was like, this poor little robot realizes something is wrong. And then we get the scene later on where the mother is talking to like a group mm -hmm. and we see some flashes and I'm like, whoa, I missed some red flags somewhere, yeah. which is like part of the course for my life, honestly. <laughs> well, it's, I don't think... I think you see the red flags. I think you're just such a fixer. I am. You are a fixer. That's why I lady. like I. I. This is definitely a mature. Oh, it's super audience mature. book. Yeah, but no, I'm definitely a fixer. And so when I saw this poor little robot all down on his luck, I'm like, I would be that robot's friend. Well, and so that's how that's I, how I, end I up saw with the other cover, the original cover, and the original cover is the robots and the mom, and they they're like serving a turkey, and it looked like it was a Thanksgiving dinner family table but mm -hmm. there are a lot of robots it made me really uncomfortable and i wasn't sure why so we picked the b cover of this book or i picked the b cover of this book because it reminds me of the painting or it's supposed to be american by, gothic yeah, yeah by grant wood and so it was really like i was like okay this is this is what i want to present to mm -hmm. you and then i was like do you get the title like i hadn't even read anything about the article i read the book first i and then i researched it because mm -hmm. I, I like to do it that way and I was like, oh, yeah, I was spot on. Like, yeah. I had, I figured it out. And it, it is exactly that. Like, you didn't, you didn't see it from that point, your no. perspective, because you were just saying, oh, shit, she got, she made me, she's making me read sci-fi. I can't believe I'm having to read robots. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really enjoy sci-fi. And like, I should have, that should have been my first red flag. Like, it's sci-fi. Of course, the robots are going to go wrong. Um, but I... I'm so idealistic, and I say well, I'm so it's kind idealistic. It's like Marvin um, from from you had put you had said, "Is it like Douglas Adams? Is oh, it Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy?" And I was like, "Well, I think that's kind of how it was pitched to me a little bit. Um, that it might be a little because I was like, oh, is it like Marvin?'" And he's like, "Garen was like, well, kind of." 
kind of, but not really. Marvin's a much smaller thing. And now that he's, when he was like smaller, I think he means smaller and like not stature, like physical stature, but like Mag- emotional yes. IQ stature. He, he's small. The other guy has a whole range of emotions and mm-hmm. they're not pretty. <laughs> See, I think I just would prefer that my sci-fi all come out like data from Star Trek. Like yeah, I want my robots to be good and I want them to, to try to be empathetic and to help the greater cause. And then sci-fi always takes it down a dark turn <laughs> and all of the robots end up bad. Like, and I say all of this, not owning a single Google or Alexa or Amazon or anything home assistant. Like I don't, I won't let them in my home because I don't trust them to, to, to be in my you house. You have your phone. I know I have that my phone. That is what it is. I will, I will take it and put it in other rooms of my house and leave it there. Yeah, but you, it's in you time have out. seen all the articles about Google. I know. It's yeah. in time out. Yeah. It pretty, pretty cray cray. Yeah. So like. Well, you got, you started doing that because of your little towns. How is your towns? How oh, are my towns, towns are doing great. <laughs> How <laughs> many see. villages and castles uh, and things? I have got like 20 of them now. Are you serious? That is so funny. But, um, but How no, many nights does it take to build a town? What? Well, Which one, game was this again? Um. Sleep Town. Sleep Town. Okay. And every night you get one new building. Okay. Yeah. But how long does it take to do a village? And you've got like 20 villages. Oh, I mean, I think like every seven nights I get like a new little village square. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. That's so awesome. But. Um, Sorry, I had to like bring yeah, that up. Yeah, Because like, you know, people might want to know. I don't they know. Might. <laughs> we uh, had a couple of people say the they're important... binging our shows. And yeah. I was like, yes. You're asking the important questions that the audience yes. really cares about. How many villages are in the Sleep Town now? <laughs> Well, I wanted to know. They might want to know. If, okay, isn't the rule of thumb as a teacher, you're not, you're supposed to ask questions because chances are if you're asking questions, someone else is thinking Oh, absolutely. Huh? I, I, actually, I don't know what that I shot from. myself in the foot with that earlier because my second block today asked great questions and I got to fourth block and I was like, I'm going to go ahead and tell you all the questions second block had and I'm going to answer them for you right now. And I did. And I was like, who else has questions? And it was like crickets. And I was like, don't y'all want to know anything else? And they were like, no, nah, you covered it. And I was like, in an interview, when they give you all those questions mm-hmm. and they're like, do you want to ask us any questions? I'm like, no, you just sat and talked for one hour, lady. I got to go. <laughs> I don't have time for this. But did you kind of fake smile it through? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I always like to ask, when would you like me to start? They haven't hired me yet. Yeah. But I'm just going to walk out of there on the assumption that you have. Well, I have read that the best interview tip is the last thing you do that no one ever expects it is say, a, like, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to be great for this job. Mm-hmm. Like, just say it straight out like you're saying when yeah. you want me to start. All right. So let's rate these books real quick because this was a this was a fun experiment. Mm-hmm. I liked doing it this way, the single issues, because yeah. I didn't, I didn't, we'd had too much time to fill talking about one, yes. one issue. So Save Yourself uh, by Bones Leopard, Kelly, and Nicole Matthews was fantastic. Uh, I give it a 10 out of 10 gold blooms. Are you going to continue to finish reading the series? Heck yes. Yes. I'm going to get all of them. All four. Yes. I actually have an extra number three at my house already. Mm -hmm. I just don't have an extra number two. So you're halfway there. You mean I have to get number two? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Um, Not all robots. Are we doing this on a scale of 10? Uh, well, I did one out of ten gold one out ten. So you do whatever okay. you want. I don't care. I would rate this a nine out of ten. The only reason I'm 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 not saying a ten out of ten is because I was too dense to understand that I wasn't supposed <laughs> to like the robot at 
run. So you felt emotionally invested. I felt and then emotionally felt invested. The and then it was like pulled out from under me at the last second. And I was like, oh, this is every relationship that I had through college. <laughs> <laughs> so this is trigger rolling for that too. <laughs> Um, not all robots. Um, it was my pick. I'm super excited about it. Very stoked. I'm still going to give it a 10 out of 10 gold blooms because Mike Diodato Jr. is the artist. He is a fantastic artist out of Marvel. Oh, the artist 10 out of insane. 10. The artist 10 out of 10. Hands yeah. Down. I mean, he is, that is a big name to have on mm -hmm. this, this limited run. In my opinion, mm -hmm. I don't know a lot about Mark Russell. I've looked at, I've looked him up. So I know which issues and stuff that he's done, but Mike Diodato, mm -hmm. I knew that name. Speaking of limited runs, we've talked a lot about Boombox. I want you all to know Not All Robots is an upshot, which is a subsidiary label of AWA Comics. Yeah, AWA they, Studios. Yes. Yeah. They are super independent, super small run. This is creator-owned. Yes. Oh, is that where you're going with? Yes. Sorry, Kat. No, no, go, you're go. good. Tell me about it. It's creator-owned. <laughs> um, so um, that means that people have invested, like the creators have invested their own money into the creation of making this happen. And then they get all of the payments from that. Um, AWA Upshot takes a very tiny, tiny minuscule percentage um, just to like print and that kind of thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Boombox is kind of set up on a similar yeah. vein. I'm not really sure because I couldn't find any additional information. Mm -hmm. That was really hard to find, Boombox yeah. information. I had to find it in NYT. Ooh. Uh, but the the upshot, that is really interesting because they're doing that for a lot of their different mm -hmm. creators. And that sounds very much like Source Point for Rich Davis yes. in Cult of Dracula series. Yep. Um, so if you if if Marvel and DC are not your comic shtick, if if even Image has gotten too big for you, if you really like this. Marvel Studios is here. Like AWA is the chief editor. Yes. He's the creative officer or whatever. Yes. So like they're jumping ship too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so these these small press, small run places are great great ways for you to invest your money in comics that you care about and that the creators genuinely care about. Yeah. And we're gonna talk more about that in just one second. Perfect. Um, we're gonna take a short break. So we were just talking about how AWA Studios Upshot is the creator owned, and Mark Russell owns that mm -hmm. that entity and gets to do fun things with not all robots. I want to talk about something that came to light recently with all the Marvel and DC stuff. I know that comes to light frequently about how these big places are having hard times treating their creators with kindness and respect and mm -hmm. monetary commitments. And so we were doing some searching and found the hero initiative. Mm -hmm. And so we've got this in our, our links and um, I want to just talk about that for a second. Um, the Hero Initiative creates a financial safety net for comic creators who may need emergency medical aid, financial support for essentials of life, and an avenue back into paying work. Since inception, the Hero Initiative has been fortunate enough to benefit creators with more than $1 million worth of much-needed aid fueled by your contributions. And those contributions are coming from people like us. Uh, they're coming from different, I know that the, uh, what is the 24 hour kids game thing where it goes to the, um, like the game for kids or 24 hour life. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, it's where it goes to the children's hospital. Yeah. So it, there are groups that do that and they are, they collaborate with your initiative and different different entities. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different groups. So if you're a gamer, there's something for gaming. If you are into comic books, we've got the hero initiative and what they've done is they really 
really support their artists. Mm -hmm. And there are some testimonials that kind of broke my heart. Mm -hmm. Like some big names, Iron Man, like the creator of Iron Man, like had to get saved by this initiative. And so you get to be a superhero Mm -hmm. and help people who created your superheroes. Um, Garrett and I go to, well, used to go pre-pandemic life, went to a lot of comic book conventions and it was always really fun to kind of rub elbows with people that we consider stars in the comic book world. Um, but like the more I've rubbed elbows with those people, the more I realize like they are so underpaid. Absolutely. So, so underpaid. Um, most of them have like other jobs, like real jobs, not comic book jobs because the comic book pays so little. And most of them are just as much paycheck to paycheck as the rest of Americans. Um, and so while the big studios are raking in millions and billions of dollars. So, um, we, we had the pleasure, um, there was a, a one fellow and I cannot remember his name. Um, but we had met him at, um, heroes con in Charlotte a few years ago. And and I say a few years, I was pregnant with Roland at the time. Um, so this was a while ago, but he had like been not creating, not doing conventions, not anything for like three or four years. And Garen knew this person and had read a lot of this person's stuff. And he's like, I'm so surprised to see you here. I thought, I thought you were just kind of done. And the guy was like, no, I, um, I'd been battling lung cancer and Heroes Initiative is what paid my bills and let me actually keep creating now. And if I hadn't had them, um, I wouldn't have had anything. And the only reason I'm here is because Heroes Initiative has, has paid me to be here. Um, and he was actually working their booth um, for most of that weekend. Um, but he had set up his own table kind of like across the convention way so that he could sell some of his own art. Um, but like that was just so shocking to me. First of all, that like, you don't have insurance. You have no health insurance if you're a creator for Marvel or DC. You have no health insurance as a as an artist. As an artist. You know, artists, like everything you're saying is very much all mm-hmm. mediums of art. Yeah. And that's what's wrong with like, what got you through the pandemic? Artists. Mm-hmm. Artists and their creations got you through every single moment of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And still people are nickel and diming yeah. while gladly giving big giant corporations mm-hmm. Hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. I was shocked. I was shocked that working for an entity like Marvel or DC does not get you health insurance. It does not get you a 401k plan. Like there are no that was Steve Gerber. It might have been. Garen could tell us. Yeah. I have no idea. Because he did Howard the Duck. Does that sound right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um but um, but yeah, like that was that was kind of flooring for me. And so most most convention halls will have a Heroes Initiative booth set up, and you can donate there. They usually have fun raffles to to make donating worth your while. You might get a, a cool variant issue or assigned something, um, if if that is the drive you need to to be a generous soul. Um, but but this this initiative really really helps creators and it goes straight into their pockets. There's no fees taken out of anything. It's a nonprofit. So you can also deduct your donations if you do that on your taxes. So it's, it really benefits everybody and there's no one lining their pockets with this. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And in fact, in our show notes, the link that I've provided is the link that goes straight to the hire this artist. Mm -hmm. And so we're sitting here talking about uh, Upshot 
and create our own content. And mm -hmm. what did Rich Davis do when he was doing the cult? He like he went to some of his creator friends and was like, look, I'd like to hire you to do this. I'd mm -hmm. like to hire you to do this. And this is a source. Like if you want the person who drew Judge Dredd, you can hire Jim Fern right now on yeah. their website. And so I just think that that's really cool. So I think that, and I just picked somebody at random. So like there's, there's so many different artists on here. Christopher Ivey's on here, Rick Magyar, Linda Medley. You can, you can look at these if people. If y'all don't on. know Rick Magyar, he did a lot of the art for, um, um, the zombie show, the really popular zombie show that's named just walking, like my brain. Walk walking dead. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, that's really cool. Yeah, so I definitely think that uh, you all should check this out. Mm -hmm. It's a great resource. And donate and be a superhero to your superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's time to roll up. I'm excited. Um, you got to die? I got to die. die. Here we all go. right, so we're doing something a little special. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're actually just going to roll for one thing. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Did I spoil your surprise? No. You didn't want me to tell. It's okay. No, we can tell. <laughs> we'll let you all in on our on our, our backroom secrets. Well, this backroom secret. Yeah. I really wanted to do the origins of ramen. Mm -hmm. So we're going to pretend to roll. Ploop. And we rolled a three. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes, like, I think that it's okay to not always go random you know what sometimes dms fudge the rolls to keep the party alive you know i think that's a great way to look at that i really wanted to do this episode because i think that this is like a super fun learning moment for a lot of different things mm -hmm. we are really enjoying uh, like we love our soups yeah like we have been it's into a soup, soup season. season we are getting ready for soup season mm -hmm. like you just said and you and i've been talking about this you have a personal recipe family recipe uh or well I have someone's family recipe. You have someone's family recipe from a member of your family yes. that has obtained said recipe. Yes. <laughs> um, so my brother has lived in Japan for a while. Yeah. Um, two years there, home for a while, two years back. Um, and, and my brother always believes that, like, if you're going to be in someone's country, you should probably make friends with their neighbors kind of thing. And he, he was living on a military base, but, like, military bases neighbors are the people of Japan. Right. Um, and so he would go out into, into the Okinawa area and, and do business there and make friends there. Um, and, and one of his things that he does is acquire food recipes. Um, that is his souvenir home is, is the food that he enjoys while he's overseas. Um, so I'm going to get a ramen recipe from him. Um, and then I have another friend who has a ramen recipe from a very different part of the country and we can compare them and, and we're going to compare them to our little american bowl of ramen that is so embarrassing Maru-chan. <laughs> and we're also going to uh highlight a local ramen place there's lots of them so let us know what your favorite ramen place is so that mm -hmm. we can highlight them if you guys are interested yes all right now we each need to roll for drinks we are going to roll for drinks and this is the extra the extra special so mm -hmm. this is 100 percent random because we've written down sake beer wine and water all japanese of some sort and yes. we've assigned it a number four for sake three two and water is our one so i'm gonna let you roll it because right. I spoiled your fun and told them the secret behind the scenes. Oh, I pulled the curtain back. 
I don't like, it's really hard for, like, usually we are very random. So, like, it just was yeah. hard for me to not be random. Oh, I know. Ooh. It's okay. <laughs> All right. So, sake, a Japanese beer, Japanese wine, or water? I rolled a one. No. That's yeah. A two. Oh. Oh, I see how you read this dice. The bottom, the number is on the bottom. Yeah. It's a weird D4. I'm so used to the number being on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. All right, so I rolled a two, which is a Japanese wine. If you have any Japanese wine suggestions, let me hear them. Yeah, and you're so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> is, Kung Fu, is Kung Fu Girl a Japanese reasoning, or is no, it just a it's, name? It's a, it's a, so Rieslings are German, and then it's actually from California. So, okay, so it's they just, just stole the name. name. They just okay. stole the name, yeah. Okay, they stole the name. <laughs> Just like, mm, of course the white people did. <laughs> I can say that as a white person. Yeah, but it's, you know, also. Okay, so, yeah, I'm really excited. All right, you're going to roll for yours now? Oh, I thought you were rolling for both oh, of no. us. You're drinking the whole bottle of wine by yourself? I mean, I'll share That's a true. sip. That's true. I'll oh, share okay, a I'll sip. Roll, I'll roll, I'll roll, I'll roll. Let's see what you get. Ooh. I'm hoping for beer for you. I'm really hoping I don't get sake. <laughs> Three. I got beer! <laughs> The Ooh. dice were in our favor. I, I was like, please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't. It As our like catchphrase says, we rolled well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like we were like, oh, oh, I was really holding my breath for that one. All right. <laughs> so it looks like we're going to be reading uh, the origin. We're really going to be researching. And so researching. we're going to have a little bit more notes, show notes this time. Mm -hmm. We're going to be researching the origins of ramen for next time. Mm -hmm. We had another fun one off here today at Adventure Seed Podcast and hope you did too. Follow our quest, Adventure Seed Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and wherever you get your podcasts. May the dice always be in your favor like they were in ours today. <laughs> and roll well.